episode of the Inspired Eye Podcast, the podcast that is completely and absolutely informal. Hey, Don, how you doing? I'm pretty good. How you doing? Uh, I know you're sick, but uh, yeah, and if I'm- yeah. So uh, don't don't say any corny jokes. Don't make me laugh. And um, uh, no, we're just we we just all had it. We just all had a communication before you turned on. Everybody that reads the Inspired Eye, and everybody that ever will read the Inspired Eye, we had just talked and said, let's take it easy on Oliver today. Yeah, so that's what we're doing. It's not like your jokes are any funny, but okay. Anyways, uh, we decided we're gonna talk today about the Fuji X system. What do you think about this system, Don? Uh, well, uh, shoot, I'm pretty well deep into it. Yeah, right? for sure, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm serious. I mean, I got this. Uh, what's this thing called here? You know, everybody. You know, I I had uh, an X waterproof X camera before, way before the. Uh, the XTI came out. It has a waterproof lens. It's called the the uh, uh, it's called something. I'm not kidding you. It's an XP XP50. This is it right here, and it's actually a little waterproof camera, and it really does work. I take it out in the snow and the rain, makes really nice photographs. That's an X camera. The other X camera I have is the uh, the X20, which is by far. My favorite camera to go to for household use, like shooting the family, uh, event stuff like around in the neighborhood, work, especially the garden in the house, stuff like that. The X20 is the camera. And then, of, then, of course, I have the two uh, XP1s, uh, and the, of course, they're named, uh, you know, Andre and, and Gary, my XP1s, yeah. because they're, they're the real workhorses, which, which I think are... As good, if not better, than my Leica experience. I just really, really enjoy the XP1s. I mean, to me, they are just like absolutely a pleasure and an amazing camera. Yeah, the Fuji X system, I think, besides the Fuji X-T1, is the closest you'll ever get from a rangefinder experience, besides actually getting getting a, a, a rangefinder. So I think you use Leica for what? 50 years 25 yeah 45 40 yeah 40, 45 years yeah. if so does it does it fill fill that gap for you like as a well yeah system? it actually does and and more because uh you have well with the xp1 you have the ovf which is the finder uh with the frame lines and the focusing thing focusing auto focusing block uh and then you also have the evf you know which you can just flip the lever and go back and forth to the EVF. And then you have the screen. So the thing is, like, in the Leicas don't have that. I mean, they now have the, they, they, they have, uh, uh, they have, you know, live view on the, on the screen. Not all models, but they, they have the live, but they don't have an EVF. Mm. And, you know, where that really comes into play is, like, if you're out working, and, like, I posted on my blog last night that if I'm using the XP1 and I'm shooting, I'm using the OVF, and I do not use the screen on that camera. I use the OVF only. But, like, when Penelope Cruz crosses the street and says, yeah. street shooter, Don, would you please make a photo of me? I need that to be framed absolutely perfect. So I'll flip the lever and use the OVF. So, yeah, it does. It does. It does do the thing the Leica does. Now, what the Leica does for a really good Leica shooter, not for the guys that buy the camera that don't know nothing, but the guys that really know about the Leica, they're probably running around with a 28 or a 35. 
So when you, you set your lens to hyperfocal distance, which is very easy, and then what happens is you hold the camera in your hand, usually the wrist strap or neck strap wrapped around your wrist. When that camera comes up, there is no focus. There is no focus. It's just framing, framing and, you know, shoot. And that's, that's the speed and accuracy you're looking for. The XP1 does the exact same thing. Mm. There's no, no, no problem whatsoever. Well, it, it just does the job. One of my uh, absolutely favorite cameras is the Epson RD1, which is like a very old uh, rangefinder, and I absolutely yeah. love that camera. Everybody and does. I, I always missed it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I, I always missed it when I'm like, I gotta, I gotta buy me another one. But uh, I actually got the XE1, the Fuji XE1, and once I got this camera, and once I got really used to it. You know, um, actually ended up not missing the RD one anymore. So it's yeah. for for me, it's while while I won't say is the complete rangefinder experience. I think it's close enough. And um, I know you like the X X Pro one. I actually cannot stand that camera. For me, it's uh, to, too big. I, I, well, too no, big. not not even too big. And uh, actually, first things first, guys. If you own an X Pro XE X20 or any camera besides the XT1, you absolutely must have a thumb grip. This thing completely changes the camera to make it like 300 times better. You know, it's crazy how some little change can transform the camera. You must get yeah. a thumb grip, absolutely, without a doubt. It's going to make it just a great camera. Anyway, back to the talk. Uh, I don't like the X Pro at all. You know, I tried. Um, with the OVF, it's nice, but once I go to the EVF, I think it's just it's just a bit too old for what it is. You know what I mean? To, I don't I don't like the, the the EVF's quality. I don't like the the screen's quality. And because what happens is I'm first and foremost uh, a manual lens shooter. And once you go to manual lenses, like the the first Expro when it came out, it was not made for manual lenses because it did not have um, focus speaking. But now that it does, I actually hope to like it, but I actually didn't because I don't I don't like the the quality of the screen nor the EVF. So that's why I think that the XE1 is actually a much better camera than the X-Pro. So well I I not, I won't say that it's a better camera. I'll say it's diff, it's a, a different camera with the same characteristics. Yeah. But what you're talking about is exactly what you're talking about. And what you're saying is I don't like the EVF and I don't like the OVF and I don't like the screen. You know what I love about the XP1? Absolutely love about the XP1. The images it makes. I don't do too about... You're getting censored, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care anything about that. And, and I'll tell you the truth. That camera just brings home the bacon every time you use it. I don't care about the screen and the EVF and OVF. That's all part of the camera to make up that you have to learn how to use. But what is unrivaled is the images I get from that. Now, I'm not talking image quality in the sense of, well, there's 14, 17, 19 pixels over here. And there's a little gray over here. And I got a little one over here. And this is a little bit blocked. Your highlights are a little blocked. Dynamic range is a little bit. I'm talking about seeing my subject. Raising the camera to my eye, opening and closing the left eye with the right eye. I'll explain that in a second. Releasing the shutter and seeing the photograph to say, yeah, that's what I wanted. I don't care about the about the about any of the stuff on the camera. That camera does it. And it does it completely without intrusion. For you. And just because you don't like it means you don't know what the heck you're talking about. Now, what happened? But if we, one thing, yeah. if we talk about, see, there's a lot of conversation about the rangefinder experience. Mm -hmm. Well, wait a second. 
We're not talking about the rangefinder experience, about the focusing and seeing the rangefinder patch like in the Leica M. That's not the rangefinder experience. The, re the real rangefinder experience is when the camera comes to the eye, mostly, okay, mostly it's going to go up to the right eye. And when it goes to the right eye, you're seeing through the finder. And then the left eye is, if you wanted it to, you can open and close it. And the way I work is, uh, I open and close I, independently. My firmware allow my brain firmware allows me to have independent control of my eyes. So the eye, the right eye is looking through the finder, and then the left eye is closed. Then the left eye opens and the right eye closes. That way I can see the whole scene to scan. I can even have both eyes open. I can see the whole scene outside of the box, outside of the camera, and see and anticipate what I want to do. And then you can't do that with a with X1. any other camera. You can't do it with the X1. I'm not saying the X1 isn't a great camera. It's yeah. an amazing camera. The X2 is almost as good. It's an amazing camera. Well, they forgot to put something in there. We ain't talking about that, you know. They forgot, Fuji. You forgot to put the button to make it go to eye sensor. Naughty, naughty, naughty. You know? Those are not make me laugh, man. <laughs> Okay. Well, you know, the thing is, you know, it's it really they really do the job. Now, I I do use. I, I have to be honest. When I was using the XE1, I preferred that camera for manual lenses because mm -hmm. I just felt it was better for manual lenses than the uh, the X Pro one. Mm -hmm. And I probably still feel that way. You know, I I mean, I can use manual lenses on the the X Pro, but I. I it doesn't. It doesn't turn me on. You know what I mean? It really doesn't. On the XE one, it, you, if you put that 15 Hellyar on that XE one, you can leave that set up the way it is yeah, and enough. never take it off. And all you got to do is shoot, right? Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, see, one one lens I really wanted was the 20 23 millimeter, which is a yeah. beautiful, beautiful lens. But the problem is that it's it's quite big. It you is. Know, it, it it is quite big. That's why, actually. Um, I really uh, like the Fuji X100S because that's like it's a 35, but it's so much more compact. You know what I mean? And with the uh, there's a there's actually a new um, a new adapter that's coming that's gonna that's gonna give you a 15 millimeter field of view. So with there's two adapters. There's a 28 that's already out so now, right. now with the Fuji X100S. Uh, you can have what you have with the X-Pro, which is like the beautiful OVF, EVF system, and it's much more compact. You know, you can have your 35 there, which is by default because it's a fixed lens. But if you can get an adapter, you know, you can get to 28 and a 50. So it's a it's a beautiful little system compared yeah. to the X-Pro. Well, that was, uh, uh, I had the X100 for a long time. I, I really liked it. But how does the OVF of the X100 work with those additional lenses? How much, uh, you know, blocking do you get on the lower right corner? Well, that's a good that's a good question because the new one is not out yet. So well, that's up for uh, for debate. But the camera is the same. I mean, uh, you know, essentially the X100S is just a hopped up X100. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's no difference in the finer or changing. So when you put that big funky lens on the front of that conversion lens, which has to be pretty big, that's going to block a lot of that finer. It's probably going to be an EVF screen camera, right? 
Ah, that's good. That's a good question. Uh, I have no clue, but that's actually a very good question because that would defeat the purpose of having a, an OVF on it. it defeat, defeat the purpose of having a small compact camera because now you just add a lens on it and it probably weighs a considerable percentage of the weight of the camera. But still, you know, it's like a, a sweet 35 millimeter and uh, compared to yours, which is a 23 and it's 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 a big lens, in my opinion. It is a big uh, lens, yeah. There's that's 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 the big issue. It's a beautiful lens, though. You can oh you God. can create amazing work with it. You know, and, it is uh, the best thirty-five one four I have ever used, and that includes three versions that I have of the Sumalux, wow. including this, the Sphere. And I'll tell you what, the Fuji is at par, if not better, certainly better in the corners than the Sumalux. There's no doubt and no argument. And all the Leica guys, they can hate me all they want, but they know it's true. That 35 on the Fuji, of course, it's way bigger. Mm. But I'll tell you what, man, that, that lens delivers. Whew. Well, I will go against I'm you. Great. I, 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 I'll pref I prefer the 35 uh, 1.4 of uh, Voigtlander. I, it's it's my lens. I absolutely love that little. But that's a 50 now, right, on these cameras. That's yeah, that's, that, is, that, is, that is the problem. And, uh, it is a problem, which... sure. They got a sense of humor with that stuff. What sucks with Fuji is, um, since it's uh, it's not as well known as the other cameras, uh, there's um, Metabones. You know, Metabones has a very cool thing called Speed Booster for the yeah. max. You know what I mean? And it yeah. gives you, like, yeah. if I have that, I can put a 35 1.4 on it, and it's, yeah. it will still give me that 35 and even right. give it a stop more. Like, it will be a 1.2 or something, but Fuji that does not. Improves, optically, it improves the lens. Yeah. And it's yeah. Fuji needs that. Like Metabones need to do that for Fuji. You know what I mean? It will be absolutely killer. But uh, speaking of manual focus lenses, I think Fuji has one of the best manual focus adapters. That M mount adapter, it's great. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely great. It's solid. It doesn't move, and it's it's a uh, quote unquote smart. You know, you can actually correct uh, lens issues. You can have it right on your uh, metadata, metadata yeah. and stuff like that. So I think it's great. I, I love the Fuji system. Um, yeah. Especially at in low light, you know, it, it it hasn't filmed me yet. No, it's a great camera. It has not. Uh, it, it, they they do not let me down. I mean, especially now with the two XB ones. I don't care. I'll I'll be honest. I hate this. I, I shouldn't really say this. It's going to be heard by people. I don't care if, if Fuji ever brings out an XP two or anything again. I, I really don't care. These two cameras just knock it out for me. I mean, I can go forever. Well, no, I know, now I got everybody. Going, Get shooter, find that son of a b. Get shooter, look at him. Little way he's talking. We'll never get firmware updates. Self <laughs> self censorship. Now you you're well trained, man. When when the X Pro Two comes out, you know, I'm like, I need that. I know you well enough to know that. You'll you'll know right away. What are you yeah. getting? I was actually highly interested in the Fuji X-T1, and yeah. after having played with it and uh, and really uh, used it, my thoughts are these. It's an absolutely killer camera. There is absolutely no doubt about it. The only problem is that if you like the rangefinder form factor, like if you enjoy your X-Pro, X-20, X-E1, you know what I mean? You You will not enjoy it at all. Because yeah. it's it's really a DSLR mirrorless camera. It's really for DSLR people. Uh, if you're into DSLRs, I mean, this is a, a great camera. Just get it. You know what I mean. But if you're into rangefinders, that's another issue. You know, one of the one of the things is that boggles my mind. It really does. I mean, you know, I don't mind people sending me comments on this, but I really don't get one thing. I know when I was younger, I used to carry around. I carried my Leica forever. You know, but 
But, you know, so a lot of the guys like the press shooters, you know, that I used to hang out with, they all had Nikon Fs. That was the camera, the Nikon F. And, and it was cool because you had like an interchangeable finder, the mirror head come off, you know, it was great. Prism head, everything. You could put a meter head. Yeah, some some engineer guy in Japan, because they're the only ones in the world that could do it. You know what I mean? Not in a derogatory sense. I'm dead serious. Only the Japanese have the mentality and the vision to take the top of a camera and cut it off and make, like, for example, the Pen EP1, EP2, EP3. Now the GX cameras, and you know, and now the think about the XE1. The XE1 is beautiful, man. It's just great. The finder's on the left side. So now they took the hump off. Why'd they take the hump off? Because you got 49 pounds of weight of glass and mirrors in the camera that you don't need. And we call it a mirrorless camera, but it's not a humpless camera. Why can't they just get rid of the hump? What do you got to put the stupid hump on? There's no prism in there. <laughs> you, you know, it's a, you don't you don't need a, a hump on top of the camera. So they they've fallen back to the uh, you know to the SLR form without even wanting to be as part of the SLR form. Yeah, what? For, for, why is a camera mirrorless? What makes it a mirrorless camera so attractive? Yeah, it's it's uh it, it doesn't need a mirror. Uh, right. For for those for those who don't know, um, SLR is basically to light enters the lens and there's a there's a mirror game that that goes on and it goes. <laughs> Uh, up to the hump and up to your eye. I mean, uh, and to your eye. So basically, you need a mirror there. That's why the hump is there. It's because there's a mirror. But of course, the mirrorless camera does away with it. So technically speaking, you don't need a hump. But um, having used um, Sony, uh, what was his name? Sony A7. Here's a really funny thing: is that the Next Seven is a DS um, rangefinder type camera, and I used the A7 with the Next Seven. Right. For right. me, the hump, as a rangefinder, like her uh, form factor um, uh, dude, when I used the A7, I did not really see it as a DSLR. I was not really feeling like I was using a DSLR. Yeah. That was the complete opposite with the Fuji X-T1. You know what I mean? It's yeah. When I, I used know. it, it is completely a DSLR. So again, we're not bashing the X-T1. Is that you gotta be you got to be warned. If you like the X-Pro, if you like... The rangefinder form factor with the with the with the viewfinder on the left and not the hump, you're not gonna like the XT1 for sure, because right. it's and the whole experience is very DSLR-ish and less and less uh, um, um, rangefinder. But I think Fuji's smart because you know now you got the rangefinder people, you got the DSLR people, you know, and I, I think it's a it's a really a killer system, you know what I mean? And um, one of the and it has beautiful lenses. It, ha it has something for every price point, you know, from uh, the XA1, you know, at the bottom of, or was it XM1? You know, there's the bottom stuff, and then there's gradually more and more expensive cameras. The Fuji X20, you know, it's one, arguably one of the most versatile cameras uh, I've used. It's really, really great, but I don't like it because it's not, it's not pocketable. You see what I'm, I'm glad you don't like that camera. I am so gonna tell everybody that we made a deal. And I got Oliver's yeah. X20, and I am glad. Because I'll tell you what, I had that camera a year ago. You remember? Yeah, yeah. We just, just getting underway with the inspired eye and stuff. Can, can we say? Can we say that your camera was special? Remember that the lens was replaced? Oh no. No, we uh, can't say that. Uh, we I, I can say. I had a friend of mine uh, as as a as a present to me had uh, a manufacturer, a German manufacturer, <laughs> change the a very uh, famous lens and expensive. Elements. They changed the elements of the X20 and put those into the camera. 
So, I mean, it was way sharper and contrasted than the standard thing. But that doesn't change the experience of the camera. I, I, when I sold that camera, I, I knew, I knew, and it was like in August or last year or something, right before we went to New York, I knew I made a mistake. Because I missed that camera every single day. I missed that camera until finally you said, oh, I got an X20. I don't like it. I said, yeah, you'll hate that camera. What a piece of crap. You're not going to like that. Look, man, you're a young guy, and, and I'm watching out for you. I got your best at heart. Send that up to me because I don't want you being played with that piece of crap. I'll tell you what. And John, John, John in Washington, I won't say his last name, but John in Washington, he had the same thing in camera and he didn't like it either. He sent me a whole bunch of parts, like a lens hood and batteries and all kinds of stuff, you know. To me, that's my go-to camera for not working on the streets. I could use it on the streets. My, my go-to camera, when I say I want to go out in the backyard, make pictures, or family or friends come over, or whatever we're doing, that's the camera I use. Now, my only problem with it is... Uh... It's too big for a compact camera, you know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm just not about to put up with that that large camera for a one point uh, one seven uh, inch uh, sensor. If it was APS-C, it would be different. Like I got no problem, for example, with the XE one because it's an APS-C sensor. But for a smaller sensor, nah. But in all all due honesty, it is an absolutely great camera. You know when it, but to open the, the the camera, you know you you got to twist it. You know it has a a nice um, uh, OVF, you know, it's crude, but it's nice. You know, it's it's a great camera. I love it. You know, but not not for uh, not for that size. You know what I mean? The camera is perfect, absolutely perfect for your needs. But your mind is working. It's you're looking at the negative faction of the camera. Oh, it's too big. It doesn't fit my pocket. What? <laughs> Larger pockets, pants, cargo <laughs> pockets solves the problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I wear. When I go out, like when I'm out shooting, like in the spring and summer, I have cargo pants on with a pocket, a larger pocket. I can fit anything I want in there, man, you know? Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, I, I only have jeans. You know, that's, that's right. See, there you go. Thank God you only wear jeans because I got the X20 for cargo pockets. <laughs> what tips would we give those Fuji shooters? There's something like really important. I, I will, I'm not plugging anything, but I am plugging. There's a guy named Rico. I won't say his last name. You can look it up. And he writes, he wrote a book on the Fujis. And, and it's not that it's a groundbreaking book, but what it is, is taking the manual and expanding on every part of the manual. I have it. I love it. That's one of the first things you should do. The other thing is if you're in Lightroom, you really have to figure out presets for how you work with your camera, your Fuji camera. The problem is that if you're working with, uh, if, if you're working your dynamic ranges, 100 is off, 200 and 400 is going to float your ISO. So it will adjust your contrast and it will adjust your, your values, your high values and low values, but it will also raise your ISO. Well, people don't realize that, that now what you're dealing with, you know, you go out and you get a 23-1-4, you know, and you, the lens is tack sharp, beautiful, and you're shooting at like 400 or 200 ISO, and now all of a sudden the camera's actually working out at 1600, and you look at the resolution and say, ooh, so you really have to work on your presets. I'm not plugging our presets, even though they are the best. Hey, I'm not plugging them. I'm not, that's basically the most important things you have to do is learn how to manage the camera and get Rico's book. I'm not plugging it, but Rico's book will really answer all the questions that you need answered. Mm -hmm. Especially what is dynamic range, I think, is a, is a one, one question everybody has. Um, 
the, one of the biggest things I think is, well, I said it before, is get the thumb grip. It is. It makes oh, yeah. it such a much nicer camera. It doesn't exist for the XT1, but you know, it's an absolutely must-have accessory. If you oh. don't, if you don't like the, your XE, X20, X Pro, you know, get the thumb grip. You'll see. It will make the camera. It will it make, the, make camera. the camera. You know okay. what I mean? And um, for for the XT1, actually, apparently there there there's some people want to kickstart an accessory. What's what it is is because you know you got to press down. In the middle of a dial to to change your ISO. Yeah. So some people are actually making um, a sort of a little metal plaque, you know what I mean, that that has all the ISO dials, so you can put it over it, so it basically constantly presses that that middle button, so that you don't oh, that, press and then it. Oh, you can just rotate it. Yeah, and I, I I think probably they'll do the same thing for the for the X Pro because. Um, which dial it is for the when you put it on A, it's 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 locked in there, right? No, on the X Pro, you got the uh, the little button in the back. You got the the wheel in the back. You can hit the function button. I I have it set up as we should have told. No, for, for no for the shutter speed. Like if you put it on A, I think it's gonna be locked, right? And then you got to press the middle button, and then you you can uh, use it again, right? Okay, on your shutter speed. You mean the thing the thing next to manual? Yeah. Okay. All right. I get it. Okay. You know. That there's a is a a hole. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And then it has that S thing on there too. That's for uh, head. You know what I mean? Dude. Yeah. Come on, man. Your kids listen. P for us woods. <laughs> <laughs> you can cuddle that. Nah. Manly, manly, whether you womanly or manly, is manual. Manual. Okay. 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 For those who still are into automatic, you know, at least. <laughs> you're gonna have to cut some of this out, right? <laughs> and now uh, you again, you self, uh, uh, you self-censored yourself. So, so, anyways, uh, Don, what settings do you use, like, uh, on okay. your camera? I only use manual. I don't use anything else ever. I only use manual. So I use. So what that means is I am uh, choosing the shutter speed based on how I want to freeze or capture movement or let it blur. And I'm also using, I'm choosing my F-stop because I wanted my my depth of field. And some guys around, I don't know who they are, but some guys got this Mr. Boca in, his, in their camera. I don't have it. He's not allowed here in Philadelphia. But I use it for depth of field. So let's just say, for example, I'm on the street shooting and I'm with the 23. I probably want to be like around a 250th, at maybe five, six, or F8. You know what I mean? Maybe I'd be at a 500, depends on like. But as I'm walking down the street, I'm changing my shutter speed or F-stop to suit. All right? Okay. So what happens? How can you do that and get proper exposure? Well, the only way you can do it, there's two ways to do it. One way is the intrusion way, which is you set your ISO, say, for example, 400. Now you are choosing all three of the common of the denominators for exposure. You have to make a choice and a decision. You have to look at that stupid thing, the histogram and the exposure meter. You have you have no choice. The way to get around that is to set the camera that I use to set the camera on manual exposure. Okay. So uh, and I would use auto ISO. So for example, I, I, I trust the X Pro after after sixty four hundred. 
So if I have it set to, let's say, a low shutter speed, for example, a, a 60th of a second, and the high at maybe a 500th or a thousand, I think it's 500th top sale on the camera, and my ISO is 6400, when I'm walking down the street, I don't have to give any second thought to my ISO because I can set my aperture and my shutter speed. The camera sets the ISO to make the equation work, and I trust the camera after 6400. If you if you look at for really high quality, don't trust the camera sixty four hundred. Set it to sixteen hundred. You know what I mean? So you know, it depends on the need that you're working, and I'm very in tune with that because I never used a light meter with my Leicas. My M4 does not have a built-in light meter. Does not have a battery. It just has a crank, and you set the shutter speed and the aperture, and I would look and feel, you know, what the film wanted. So basically, I still work that way. It's just I really trust the camera, and I know how to set it for, you know, for where I want. I always keep, probably 90% of the time, I keep dynamic range off, which is at 100. Because I also trust the, the raw files I'm getting out of the camera, the raw files. But then again, if you, you, know, you have to understand that my needs and requirements for making photographs may be different than someone else. I don't, I'm not the guy that's really looking for that like pristine, crystal clear, perfect representation of the subject. I'm the guy that goes in there and like butchers things up. I want black and whites. I want glows. I want, you know, blocked highlights, blocked shadows. And I know how to get that from my camera because the camera works the way I intend it to work. And, and it tells me what it's doing. So that's why the camera's name is Andre. If you do not name your camera, you will not get these results. My other camera's name is Gary. Andre after Andre Cortez to pay homage to him. And Gary after Gary Winogrand. You guys know who he is. He was a New Yorker. Okay, that's it. That's how my cameras are running. Yeah, so you, you use your lenses on you, – you use uh, X lenses, right? And do you use them on manual or autofocus? Like how do you do it? Oh, that's – see, that's very good questions. Uh, the tw you know, like when I first first read about the 23, a lot of guys like Chris Dodkin, who I really respect, and he will be in an upcoming issue of the Inspired Eye. You know, a lot of guys were – you know, they're, they're bragging and saying how great the – the focusing thing is on the lens. And I looked at it like, you know, from pictures I could see, say, how the hell are you going to set hyperfocal distance on that piece of crap? But then when I got it, I realized that all you have to do is pull it back or push it forward, you know, the lens ring. And if you want, like, your hyperfocal distance to be at, like, set from F11, turn the infinity mark to F11, you're set. And, of course, you know, you can't go by, like, with any Fuji camera, you can't go by what they say the range of depth of field is. But they're always accurate to the, height, to the focus distance. So what I do is I have a scale that I look at in my iPhone. I transfer from depth, depth of field measure. And I know, for example, I want to be in focus from, uh, let's say, infinity to five feet, five and a half feet. So I just set, I just set the hyperfocal distance mark to that. I'm, I'm set. I'm in, I'm in business. You know what I mean? There is a catch to using the ring. What, and here's the problem. It's not really a problem, but, but it is a problem. Uh, the, the, the X-Pro1 has the frame lines that move with parallax. As you get closer, they drop to the lower right. They have to, all, all, the whole box has to move together. It's not just, some people think it's just the lower right corner, the, the, the right side and the bottom that are moving. It's not. It's got to be the whole box. Otherwise, it will completely change the aspect ratio. So, as that moves, when you're focusing, like from, say, from like, 70 feet or, or infinity down to like eight feet or 10 feet, that box will move and drop. When you're set on manual focus, 
even though you're using hyperfocal distance, it doesn't. So a lot of people are setting that and they're walking around and they're shooting and they're not realizing that the bottom end is falling out. And then they say, oh, the camera's stupid. It cropped out the whole bottom. Yo, dude, if, if it's that critical to you, then pop it up on autofocus and use autofocus. It will put the box where it's supposed to be. It's very accurate. I use my cameras for uh, two different purposes. The first one is uh, commercial photography, and uh, the second one is for personal reason. Uh, even if you don't like Mr. Boca, uh, when it comes to commercial stuff like uh, weddings and stuff yeah. like that, he's more than invited in my in my in my camp. You know what I mean? I use the XE1 with the M mount adapter, which is absolutely great. I absolutely yeah. love it, and I use yeah. my. Um, Voigtlander 35 millimeter 1.4 so it's effectively it's like 51.4 basically what I do is I put the camera on black and white and I put it on uh, focus speaking and I leave it on I leave everything on manual you know I um I understand what you're saying about auto ISO but for me it's all about control control over everything so uh everything is on manual ISO on manual um uh aperture shutter speed and focus everything is on manual and what I do is basically I uh, slap everything on the camera and um, I look at the light and I judge the exposure and it, it, and I just get on shooting. You see what I mean? It's on focus speaking. So when I look at a subject, you know, the first thing, all, all of this is going to be on less than one second. You know, I'm going to focus uh, because, you know, the, the Voigtlander 35 millimeter has a focusing tab. So I can focus real fast on that. Oh, yeah. And like a light. I, yeah, I, I know how to how to judge the distance and when something is in focus because the most in focus part is going to be highlighted, but things that are also kind of ish in focus are also going to be highlighted. So, for example, the eyes, I know exactly when the eyes are in focus. Yeah, you know, I exactly. like when I look at some somebody and I I need to make a portrait. You know, and for example, and when I do a vertical, which is why the thumb grip is very important too. You know, I can go ahead, go in and judge exactly when the eyes are in focus. Because that's what I want in focus. You know, the dominant eye has to be in focus. So I'm very, very um, comfortable with that. Not with the X-Pro 1 because for me, the, the EVF and the screen, you know, I miss my focus more than once because I can't really judge that. The XE1 screen is way better. So I can focus without any problem. You know, that's that's my workflow for uh, events and stuff. And I trust the camera up to 6400, which I think is the maximum anybody should go for uh, yeah. APS-C. You know, for me, APS-C is up to 6,400. Push it push it uh, up too much and, you know, you're going to have garbage, you know. I, I've never seen uh, some, some cameras more than 6,400 uh, APS-C sensors do good uh, beyond 6,400. But that's... But, that's but you will. Eventually, you know, as, as the technology gets, gets better and better. But uh, my second mode of working is actually with the Voigtlander 15mm. That's, again, with, that, with the M-mount adapter. Basically, since there's no frame line to deal with, you know, it's pretty, and uh, there's no focusing, um, focusing scale in the camera or anything. You know, I just look at the lens and I set my hyperfocal distance, you know, right in the lens, or I zone focus. You know, I, I look at the the lens barrel and it and tells me part I want to focus for what aperture. Everything else is in manual. It's the same thing again. The difference is I'm not really touching the lens anymore because I know where my focus is, and I'm it's if I have like for example from one meter to infinity. You know, said this, I I then know how to uh, cl how close I need to be to my subject for them to be in focus. That's right. So once once that's that's done, you know, I'm I'm just I just go in the streets and just shoot. With it's the same thing, just one less factor to to deal with, which is the focus. So that's that's my settings. And um, for your X20, I, I guess it's the same thing, right? Basically, the, the difference is that the X X20 has a, a zoom lens, yeah. but 
I got to I got to tell you, the only focal length I use on that is 28 millimeter. If I'm in the garden and goofing around like with Tanya and the cat, you know, we're you know working you know, over plants and stuff, I'll pop the zoom. I'll, I'll turn it out and use it, use the zoom with different focal lengths because you know, you know, I'm, I'm I have to keep it. If I take a picture with Tanya, I have to keep distance, otherwise I get shot in the head. So <laughs> if I use 112 millimeter, I'm far enough away where it doesn't create any problems. But yeah, the the X20 is an amazing the X20. The, the depth of field on the X20 is unbelievable. Unbelievable! It's like an F4. I have to look in the look in the thing. It's like an F4. You're in from like two and a half feet to infinity. You know what I mean? Nice. On the twenty. Oh, yeah. For me, it's just like well, for you, the stuff you do, walking around and then you know, getting down on the ground and shooting up at people and stuff. That's like you know that gets everything in. You know. So let me answer a question. You 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 uh, this is a question I think a lot of people have. How do, I mean, like you used to focus peak, and I used it too, and I still use it occasionally, like with the Voigtlanders or Lycolanders. But what do you think about, uh, and uh, what do you think about the focus peaking going from the Sony to the to the Fuji? Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, um, the Sony has color focus peaking, which the XE1 does not have. The next is has a much better EVF, I do believe that, and. Since it has a better EVF, I think the focus speaking is just better. But uh, the XE1 can be—I'm not gonna say it can be just as good, but it will do the job. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think what's what's the most important is can you actually nail your focus at something like 1.4, 1.8? And the sample answer with the XE1 is yes. The reason I couldn't stand the X Pro is because I could not do that. You know. Um, I, I, I did not like the expert at first because it didn't have focus speaking. Once it actually got the focus speaking, you know, it's like there's limits to the to the because it's on it's an older camera, you know what I mean? And uh, the screen is just not there for for that or EVF is there for that. So the next seven for manual focus lenses is just great. The XE1 is also very very great. It's a bit inferior to the next, but next seven, but it's I think it's still great. I, I'm not missing the next seven when I'm when I have the the XE1, so I'm comfortable with it. Yeah, I think I think at the end of the day, it's uh, it's all about idiosyncrasies and preferences. You know, see what I mean? I'm just not about to put put up with the uh, with the EVF and and a screen of the X Pro. You are for that EVF. No, you're right. I mean, you're, I told you that a while ago. I agreed with that. Uh, the th- see, that's the whole thing. I really, when I had the X, I have the X Pro one, and when I had the XE one. The decision came down to me very fast that, which is opposite of what I was thinking, that the XE one would be the camera for the M mount lenses, and then the X Pro one would be the camera for the Fuji lenses, and then I finally made the decision, like I did before with the next, and like I did before with the with the Micro Four Thirds cameras and everything else. I don't want to use my Leica lens unless I want to Leica, and I don't like the new Leicas. I mean, I, I and. Aside from the fact, I don't feel like going downtown Philadelphia on the L and traveling for 45 minutes in public transportation and having the, the M, an M9 or a 240 on my side with 35 lux. I've already had two GR stolen, no, GR, uh, GXR stolen. So that's out of the question. So the thing is, the thing is, I firmly believe, and I still believe, that the XE1 is the perfect camera for manual focus lenses. I'm not using those right now. The only lens I play with occasionally is the 21 scope bar because it's so deadly perfect. 
but I use the end mount lenses. So if I'm using the end mount lenses, I might as well have the frame fine, the frame and everything. I mean, you know, my Fuji lenses. Why would I want to mess around? You know, mm -hmm. that's why I have now two XPs because I don't like changing lenses. So Andre has the 23 that thinks it's the 35, and Gary has the 35 that thinks it's the 52. <laughs> I can't tell the lenses what. So those cameras, you know, between the three of us, we kind of like work the lens situation out, and that's it. But the XE1 is out for me because, like you said, and I think that's a very profound thing you notice. It's very, very similar to the SLR without being a DSLR. It really is. You're right. It doesn't have the, it doesn't have the uh, the OVF finder. So when you yeah. use that camera, there's two ways to use it. The right two right ways to use it: the screen or the finder. And when you go when you when you go to the finder, it's not about making a decision between OVF or, or you know what I mean or EVF. It's just there. And of course, the other way to use it is like you know, like hip shot or stuff like that, where it does, and then it doesn't matter what camera you use it anyway, you're shooting by luck, which is okay. But I'll tell you one thing, I used to do that for a long time. I, you know, I, I did hip shots for a long time, got a lot of great photos. I don't even do hip shots anymore with the XPs. I, I, I get the camera back up to my eye and I have eye contact again. And I cannot tell you the joy that that brings to me, just working with eye contact to get on my subjects. Mm -hmm. So well, at the end of the day, uh, we well we recommend a lot of cameras, and uh, for me personally, if it's for the Fuji X system, I say go to with the XE1. I have no um, no knowledge of the uh, XE2, but for me, I highly recommend the XE1. And for you, well, let me just say it, you recommend the X Pro, right? Yeah, I, I want everybody to buy XE ones and X Pro and XT ones because that way the X Pros will drop in price, and to buy a couple of I can get a couple and put them on the shelf before the X Pro Two comes out. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, seriously. If you're just a, if you're an Oliver kind of photographer, you know, just a good kind. Like Oliver kind, get that camera. Get the XT. Beautiful. Don't like it, but it's beautiful. The XE one I think is great. I actually think it's better than the X. The XE two. We did a we, we did a, a write up about that. But I think you know, for real serious like street work or just like really. You want to find your way in your photography with the camera. Like, it's not the kind of camera you're going to pick up and just look out. And say, oh, it's perfect. You got to work to learn that finder and stuff like that. On my blog right now, I got a whole conversation going. The XP1 is the camera, but you have to work with it. You know what I mean? You really yeah. have to work with it. It don't yeah. come easy. Yeah. Well, if you're into manual focus lenses, though, I I do think that uh, it's not even a question. I think it's the XE1. You know? Yeah, I agree. But the so. point, here's the point, though, Oliver. Here's the real good point. The point is we're talking about a whole realm of what you do with cameras and photographs and everything. True. And we're only talking about one manufacturer that caters to everything. We're talking about Fujifilm. Yeah. Now we got to wrap it up, uh, our discussion about the Fuji cameras. Uh, next time around, we're going to talk about the photographer's eye, what it is, and how do you develop it. Do you have the, do you have the eye, Don? Well, I got two of them. Lucky, I have two. Oh, all right. I thought you had an iPhone. Oh, yeah, I do have it. No, it's not, I don't have an iPhone. I have an iPhone. All right, guys. Uh, so please check out the new issue of Inspired Eye, Inspired Eye number eight. And uh, hey, please subscribe. And it helps to su support the podcast, the blog, and everything that we're doing. So uh, hey, have a great week, guys. Take care. Take care. We'll see you next week.